Welcome to the A&A Podcast, the Catch-All Christian Podcast where we talk about Jesus, apologetics, theology, and more. We hope to provide a biblical perspective on issues facing young adults today and pray our conversations would draw you closer to the heart of Jesus through each episode. Welcome to the A&A Podcast. Welcome back to the ANA podcast. I'm Ashley, and today I'm joined with. Hi, I'm Jacqueline. <laughs> Zoom is so fun because we're states apart, but we're able to record this together, which is so exciting. Um, today, this is going to be the first episode that we have Jacqueline on for, and I'm so excited. If you remember our last two Bible basics, the first one we covered is what is Christianity. The next one we covered is the salvation story in five words, which is creation, fall, redemption, call, restoration. And today we're going to talk about what is the Bible. And Jacqueline is going to take the lead for the, with this one. It's going to be a little bit of interview style. We'll see how it goes. I'm excited, Jacqueline. I'm excited too. It's one of my favorite topics and... Um... I could just talk about the Bible all day, so I'm really excited to get started. Well, perfect. So, Jacqueline, what is the Bible? I think that this is the crux of um, bibliology. I know it's a big word, but the study of the Bible. Um, And, you know, the questions are, is it a random book? Um, Is it a fluke? Is it just another religious manuscript? What is it? And um, I think that... Each person, um, whether we're a believer or a non-believer, how we answer these questions really determines, you know, our worldview and mm-hmm. what we, um, how we pattern our life, everything else that we believe. And so um, I think it's an important question to answer. And I think that for those of us who um, are Christians who say that we believe um, the Lord, I think f- to answer this question is really to ask, what does God say? Right. Um, and that's something that I would challenge all of my students to go back to was, you know, what does the Lord say about this? What does the Bible say about this? And so, um, I think that that is the perfect place to start, um, discussing what the Bible is, is what does the Bible say it is itself? Well, so let's start, shall we? Um, I have a couple verses. Um, let's see, we have, uh, Hebrews four, um, 12, and this is the one that I, had memorized when I was younger, but I'm going to read it because I always mess it up. Um, (laughs) But it says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of the soul and of the spirit, of the joints and of the marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And so um, from here, we know that God's word claims to be um, not just a random um, manuscript uh, for the olden days right? Um, It's something that's active and it's living in it and um, it injects itself into our lives and it's something that can be um, useful and purposeful for today. Um, Think of 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. It's one of my sparky girls uh, memory verses right now. So we've been working on this one, Um, but it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for training and righteousness, that the man of God may be equipped um, for every good work. Uh, so we believe that it's something that's beneficial. 
um, to our daily lives. John 17, 17, Jesus is praying um, to God the Father about the disciples, and he says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word um, is truth. You know, in Isaiah, he talks about how um, the words of God will never fade, right? Um, we hear in 2 Peter, uh, another verse that I think is vital is 2 Peter um, 1, 21, and it says, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but the men who spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So the Bible itself um, claims to be uh, the very words of God, true, living, and sufficient um, for our lives. That's a lot. So what would you say, what does all this mean? Um, well, I think we should look at them one at a time. And I'm going to drink more of my coffee because I need to wake up. <gasps> Love it. What's in your coffee? Anything fun? <laughs> no, I am a black coffee drinker so i drink it correctly good, good for you i'm getting there i'm trying <laughs> it took me a while but now it's now it's just black I love it. and it's the only way to wake me up too uh, <laughs> uh so let's take them one at a time let's see we have first we said that it was true um living insufficient so if you go to any bible college right you're gonna hear um the word uh the inerrancy of scripture Okay, so we believe that um, the Bible is an inerrant in the original manuscripts. So to be inerrant means without error. And as I was studying this through college, um, I read one theologian um, that just said something that has just clicked, and I have never forgotten it. He said, there are two reasons people make errors. Um, one is they simply don't have all the information, right? And you make an error, which we've experienced that, right? Um, even as simple as a mom and dad, you know, mom uh, knew that the kids had sugar at lunch. She already gave them a cupcake. And then the kid goes to ask dad 20 minutes later for a cupcake, right? And dad's like, oh, they haven't had any sugar today. So yes, you can have a cupcake. They don't think, you know, but he didn't know um, that they had had a cupcake 20 minutes earlier, right? So um, something as simple as not having all the information can cause us to err. I'm taking WSI class right now, right? Uh, which is just water safety instructor. So we're doing, in the water, doing all of our strokes. And I have never learned how to do the butterfly, which by the way, oof, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> so when I jumped in the water to do my butterfly, it looked horrendous <laughs> because I didn't know the stroke, right? As the, I aired because I didn't know how to pull my body out of the water correctly in the correct formation. And so I made an error simply because I didn't know. So that's the first way we make an error, um, which by the way, if we look at who God is and what he says, um, does, does he err because he doesn't have all the information? Well, if he does, then he's not omniscient. Mm. He doesn't know everything. And the mm. Bible clearly states that God knows all things. And so um, we have the crux of who God is there, right? Um, so is God who he claims to be? And we see evidence that he is um, greater and has way more knowledge um, than any other being or any other thing on this on this earth. And so um, he... Therefore, if we believe that God is omniscient, he cannot err um, because he doesn't know anything. So the second reason someone might err 
is uh, more malicious. Um, it's erring because um, they are erring intentionally, which is lying, right? Um, and we have all experienced that as well. Um, whether they think it's an innocent white lie or whatever, or they want to spare someone's feelings, they intentionally did it. Um, and so does God intentionally, and I mean, that gets you into a whole nother crux of an issue of God's character. Um, but what do we know from God's word in numbers? Um, let me look up the reference because I wrote it down. Numbers 23, 19, God clearly states that he does not lie. Um, so according to God and who he says he is, he is omniscient. He does not lie. Therefore, his word and, and we've already clearly gone over the scriptures where he says emphatically, first in um, Timothy and in Peter, but other places throughout scripture as well. Those are the two um, main ones. If you're going to memorize scriptures, those are the two that you need to have memorized for this. Um, he clearly states that the word of God is inspired by him, that it is his words and no one else's. And so if we believe him at that, that it is his word, then we have to believe that it is inerrant and true all the way through because he does not lie, lie and he is omniscient, which means he cannot error. Mm. So therefore, his words that he wrote down cannot error. So the Bible is inerrant in the original manuscripts. And tell me more about the original manuscripts. What do you mean when you say that? Yeah. Okay. So, um, the original manuscripts, um, I'm going to read some of my notes here because I want to explain sure. it well. So we believe from evidence in scripture as outlined in Peter that God carried men along with uh, to write the scriptures, right? And so he inspired the scriptures and those are the original manuscripts, right? So original means first ones written down. Um, now, we need to jump over and give a little history of Bible translations. Okay, so the Bible was originally written in um, three languages, uh, Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. Um, people like Aramaic, why? Uh, Hebrew was Old Testament. Aramaic is going to be about two or three books or partial books um, during the exile. Because when the Israelites were exiled in um, to Babylon, um, some of those things were written in Aramaic. So parts of Daniel. Um, Esther um, are going to be written in Aramaic. And then you have Greek, which was what the New Testament was written in because that was the trade language back then. Okay. So those are your three Bible translations. Um, later, it was translated into Latin because that was then the common language um, within Europe and where the church was really growing and, and building. Okay. Then we get to William Tyndale. Um, he's uh, really one um, that really spearheaded the translation into uh, modern English, okay? Um, and then after that, of course, today, we have several translations in English um, of the Bible. And um, so they, um, in your translations, you have two types of theories of translating scriptures, okay? So you have, um, I'll just use a simple word, thought for thought, uh, word for word translations. Both technically are needed for a good translation, um, but translations tend to lean heavier one or the other, 
Okay, so they take the original manuscript, they look at it. Some people look word for word and try and find an exact word from the original Hebrew to an exact word in the original English. Um, whereas the, the next person would say, I'm going to take this phrase and understand this meaning and translate it into the English, right? Um, and so those are your two varying um, translations. So what we mean by um, inerrant in the original manuscripts, right? Because people are translating from the original manuscripts into all of these different things. What is a key factor that we have within that? It's human hands. Hmm. So you have hands, 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 hands. Um, just like playing telephone, mm -hmm. what well, happens, right? Yeah. Um, so that's why we go back to the original manuscripts. Now, um, yeah, so that's kind of where we're at with the original ma manuscripts, which some people, yeah, go ahead, sorry. No, go ahead, you're good. Um, I know that some people... I'm guessing your next question would be something about like, can we even trust yeah. the Bible? That's usually what I get, yep. you know? So what, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, how do I even know what to read? I'm just so like, the Holy Spirit would just tell me. Yeah. Holy Spirit come in. Um, but that's actually not true. If you um, look at the history of translations and everything. So, um, I believe that it is inerrant in the original manuscripts. However, God's Holy Spirit does preserve his word. And so even though there are slight differences, um, there might be a debate on how to translate one word or one phrase. Um, and you're going to see those variations in those translations. Um, there is nothing ever major mm -hmm. um, in those translations that, that stop that. Um, I also think it's really great though that um, people learn how to study and go back yeah. to the original manuscripts and do word studies and things like that. And that's why I teach, um, would often teach my students how to do that. Oh, um, really? Yeah, just simply because it uh, it's so easy now. Yeah. You know what's crazy is in when I was a young kid, my mom had, back then we had books. I'm like, kid you not you know, <laughs> we we learned how to do this with the strong's concordance okay oh wow it's like this big yeah right because the strong's concordance has every single word in the bible listed okay so if you wanted to look up the word strength okay you got like columns That's cool. of the word strength and then it would have a little number next to it that would correlate to the hebrew or greek word that was in the original manuscript for that word. So then you had to flip on these pages, right? And you had to make sure you knew if it was Greek or Hebrew, mm, because yeah. otherwise you'd get to the wrong one, right? So you flip all those pages and then you go and you study that word. And then you flip back to find all the other references in scripture where the, <laughs> so now it's easy. All I have to do is pick up this thing. Mm -hmm. I got a blue letter Bible. <gasps> yes. Is that what you used to? Yes. Yes. It's my best. Oh, you use Blue Letter. Okay, so that's one. I use Bible Hub. Oh, okay, Bible Hub. Yeah, I use, I've used both, but I tend to go to Bible Hub. Mm. I didn't know there – is there an app? Um, It's really it, – the, their app is not – the interlinear on the app is not oh, – okay. it shoots okay. to a website. Okay. Um, I don't think it can host that much. Okay, yeah. Honestly. That's um, Because this is what you'll find for a – That's so um, cool. Yeah, this is called a, an interlinear Bible. 
um, which my mom also had a book of when I was younger. And I, we had to learn how to do this by a book. Um, but what this does is you see the Hebrew on top, which by the way, le reads left to right, which I'm not going to be able to, to point out on the screen correctly, but um, it reads left to right instead of right to left. And that little number up there, all I have to do is click that number now instead of clicking all the pages. It brings me right to the Hebrew word and what it means. And so um, today it's super simple um, to do, which is fun. So. That's so cool. And like going back to the manuscripts, like you were saying, we have countless manuscripts that corroborate yes. each other. And yeah, there's little there's little things like maybe a comma here or a word spelled wrong or maybe like a slightly yeah. different word. But like you said, none of it contradicts the main message. It's all preserved. Yeah. And so I think that the reliability of that is just amazing. And when you look at um, other groups like that claim to have a religious text or that have a re religious text, like I yes. think about the Book of Mormon, they don't have anything to go off of. They say that mm -hmm. their manuscripts their, or the original manuscripts went up to heaven. When we, we can physically see our manuscripts, yeah. it's so just so amazing. And we keep getting pieces of them because yeah. um, like if you've ever read anything about the Dead Sea Scrolls, mm -hmm. um, where that little boy found it, I think it was in the sixties or seven. No, it wasn't. It was right after World War Two. Yeah. Um, that he found it in the caves, and um, almost every single book of the Bible there was a piece. Yeah. Of. Maybe not the whole entire thing, but a piece of so they could co uh, compare mm -hmm. um, to even maybe earlier or later manuscripts of that and compare it and see this is the real deal the the fact of how old it is and how long it's lasted is incredible and it keeps getting more incredible because history just keeps um archaeology and science just keeps catching up with what um we already know yeah so, yeah i love it okay so um you said that the bible is true and inerrant but you mm -hmm. also said that it was living and sufficient so can you talk more about that yeah um so I think living in sufficiency both have to deal with um, our lives today, right? And so um, one thing that I hear a lot of um, people say when you're talking about scripture and what they believe about the Bible is, well, I don't know if that applies today. Even someone who uses the scripture um, or who, you know, is a solid Christian or whatever even sometimes you'll hear them say that about certain passages mm. and definitely in our culture today, cultural Christians often um, use that as an excuse um, for not following um, scripture. Um, I think the big problem is, is um, they don't um, read context, but that's a whole nother <laughs> issue. I think we'll do context one. is, Context is key yeah. all the time. Context is key. Um, so, so we know the Bible is trustworthy and without error. Um, and so is it sufficient for all of our needs? And is it applicable today is really the question. So um, it's something that's disputed, like we said. Um, but as anything else, I think we really do need to see what the Bible says about sufficiency. So um, a verse that has meant a lot to me. Uh, as I counseled my college students with Second Peter 1, 3. And so um, I'm actually here. 
So I'll read it again. But it says, His divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His glory and excellence. And I love that verse because it reminds me and it reminded my students that um, the Bible is sufficient today for your needs and that He's giving you everything that you need for godliness. And when he says that, he's he's literally talking about this. Yeah. Like he's talking about the word of God um, and the Holy Spirit and um, that working. And so um, the Bible is clear. Again, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, um, it's so, it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, correction, for training in righteousness. Those are all things that are not, they're not like they're intellectually in the past. You know what I'm saying? Those are present things. Um, doctrine may feel like it's past, but it doctrine really does affect um, every part of our lives. It's yeah. how we make decisions. It's how we order our life. It's how we um, create our values. Um, for reproof, it um, changes us. So you have reproof and you have correction. So reproof is telling you, make sure I get this right. Repro- reproof is telling you the thing that, that you're doing that you're not supposed to be doing. Right. Then correction is um, you're not doing this, but you should be doing it. Right. So it's kind of two sides of that coin of allowing us to walk through this narrow path that God has aligned for us to live the life that he has designed for us. Um, And then for training in righteousness. Again, that's that stealing, um, which by stealing, I don't mean like taking something. I mean, S-T-E-E-L, stealing ourselves, preparing ourselves um, for the battle that is that is to come. Um, so God tells us that scripture is current, comprehensive, and sufficient for all of our needs. Um, and then you can look at the Old Testament as well. Um, David in the Psalms talks a lot about God's word. I mean, you read Psalms 119, it's all about God's word. I mean, you, there you have, how can a young man keep his way pure by living according to God's word? Um, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You know, those verses that we, yeah. we memorized when we were kids and they're all right there in Psalms 119. Um, but I really love um, Psalms 19, seven through four and the descriptions of God's word. Um, so let me flip over here. I actually have it. I love this. I had done this for my school, but, um, so I have them like marked so you can see the words that I'm talking, but the, the law of the Lord is perfect. Reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Like he is outlining um, very specific things that uh, remind us how relevant um, God's word is. It is perfect. And the word perfect in Hebrew is um, tamim. Uh, hopefully I said that right. It's T-A-M-I-M in transliteration. (laughs) I am not a Hebrew expert. (laughs) I'm Bible hub. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, love it. um, But it means to be complete or to be sound, right? Mm. So if it's complete and it's sound, um, it is sufficient for me, right? So I love that. 
Um, yeah, so that's kind of kind of about living in sufficiency. And I, I think the Lord, um, through his word, claims that He his word is sufficient for us. That is beautiful. So wrapping up today, what why is this applicable? Why is the inerrancy and the sufficiency of scripture so important in today's world? Yeah, I think that we have lost something um, in many modern U.S. churches in regards to doctrines and theology. Um, because sometimes we get so tied down in the philosophy um, of the doctrines and theology. Mm. Um, many, including myself, tend to look for like the practical everyday applications to scripture. Um, and I, I am that person. I tend to lean towards practical step one, two, three. Let's fix it. Let's fix it now. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but the problem with this is that our theology and our doctrines that we believe um they lead um it to every single thing that we do yeah. so it impacts like our decisions that we make it impacts our jobs how we run our households how we um what we value mm-hmm. uh in life like what are your uh what are your boundaries for certain things what are your values on thir- certain things what are your priorities in certain things how do you handle situations all of that actually stems from our doctrines. And that's something that I've been realizing over the last couple of years um, that, you know, we, we used to, I used to be like this step one, two, three, step one, two, three, step one, two, three. And I began to realize that when I would give that person that step one, two, three, I'd be like, why is this not working? Like they'll do the steps and then like revert to something else. Yeah. What I realized is that the underlying doctrine mm. um, or belief system, there was something askew there. Right. And so um, their value system, their actions, their reactions are all stemming um, from our doctrines. And so I think I think that's really important. Um, I think that uh, how we handle grief, trouble, how we enjoy entertainment, how we interact with people. I mean, all of these have real life consequences um, of how we live um, a godly life. And I think if someone doesn't understand inerrancy or sufficiency of scripture, it causes them to piece together their own religion. Um, So they can take God's, God is love, right? And create a love is love mentality, um, bringing it all forms of sexual immorality into the church, right? I mean, that's kind of a a large example, Um, but we see that today, right? Um, The other side of it is, of it is that they will run into um the one oh sorry the other side is that they will not run to the one source necessary right um for life and godliness so instead other voices become larger um so if the sufficiency of scripture is in question then this just leads to um, carnal weak believers who live according to what sounds right and comfortable at the time um, so whatever voice is speaking loudest is what they're going to be um, drawn to. So Paul urges believers in Ephesians 4 not to be tossed or swayed um, by every wind of doctrine. And so I think believers need to know the truth and stand on the truth. And this is why theology is so important. That was so good. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of the podcast Cultish, but it's like the one of my favorite podcasts out there. And they have a line that says, bad theology hurts people. 
And this is totally what we're talking about. When our theology isn't in line with God's word, it hurts people. And so thank you for bringing this truth to us today. Thank you for being on today. I look forward to talking more about this. This is so good. (laughs) Yeah, it was really fun. Thank you for having me. Well, yes. Well, we will talk at you next week. I hope you have a great week. Talk to you later, Jacqueline. See ya. for listening to this week's episode of the A&A podcast. Please consider leaving a like and a comment on Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts so others can find our show and get connected to Jesus. You can stay connected with us both on Instagram and YouTube at AAPod2022. Again, that's at AAPod2022. Have any topics you'd like here discussed or questions you'd like answered? DM us on Instagram. Business inquiries can be emailed to us at a and a pod 22 at gmail.com again that's a and a pod 22 at gmail.com may the lord strengthen and bless you today and always